Welcome to Justice Rising, a podcast of the Inner Community Peace and Justice Center, where we explore emerging justice work through story and relationship. I'm your host, Cecilia Flores, and for this episode, we close out the month of November reflecting on Black Catholic History Month with my good friend, Rudy Dehaney. Rudy and I recently had the opportunity to address the entire United States Conference of Catholic Bishops on the topic of cultural diversity, representation, and walking with young Catholics. During our conversation, Rudy shares his reflections on being Black and Catholic, the role music plays in spirituality and historical memory, and why representation in the church is so important. Open your hearts for this conversation. It was honest, joyful, challenging, and soul-filling all at the same time. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Justice Rising, a podcast of the Inner Community Peace and Justice Center, where we explore emerging justice work through story and relationship. I'm your host, Cecilia Flores, and I'm so excited for today's episode because we are wrapping up Black Catholic History Month, the month of November, and I'm joined with my good friend, my brother, Rudy Dehaney. Good morning, Rudy. How are you? Good morning, Cecilia. I'm doing all right. All right, a little rainy, but I'm doing all right. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to get you on. I, you know, I was bouncing ideas around my mind about Black Catholic History Month and who we could have on and what, you know, we could talk about. Um, and I just thought of you and we'll we'll get to the why in a little bit, but maybe to start off, um, could you just introduce yourself? And however, you know, whatever way you see fit um, to all of our listeners. Oh, geez. Uh, that's always a very complicated question with me. Uh, but hello, my name is Rudy Dehaney. My job title is Faith Formation Director of the Northeast Catholic Community. That is a group of five or seven parishes, uh, depending on the day, in, in Northeast Baltimore. Um, so that just includes, I oversee things like, you know, religious ed even young adult ministry, other sorts of things and pastoral needs of the, the parish, you name it, um, as well as being a part-time campus minister at Notre Dame, Maryland University. I have other job titles, but those are the main ones. Nice. And what is your uh, cultural background? How do you identify? I identify as Black. I think Black is definitely the easiest thing. Um, <laughs> um, other other opposites like in terms of like ethnicity it's like jamaican jamaican american probably jamaican uh, i've never heard that before you've never heard of that oh wow no okay. i don't yes. i don't know uh, there, personally a lot of jamaican people so maybe that's why but okay yeah we well you know generally on the east coast so um we really there are some in california but we rarely make it out that far so you know it's kind of far from the island so you know <laughs> but yeah there should be a group called born jamaicans um so it's it's always a term that's in my head, but yeah, Jamaican American. Okay, so both of your parents are immigrants from Jamaica, is that right? That is correct. All right, and where does Catholic fit into all of that? Uh, weirdly, so nothing originally to do with my parents per se. My father is not Catholic. My mom didn't grow up Catholic, but uh, my oldest brother's father, his family was so. Um, when he was born, my mom made a commitment to the family to raise him Catholic. And so thus, when we all came about, we all became Catholic. So, um, I think my mother officially 
converted over when my brother was born. You know, she's learned about the faith various through her life. And then, you know, I've been born Catholic since. So, um, so like our, our history isn't Catholic. We're really a first generation uh, Catholics trying to make it in the world. That's so interesting. Is that unique? Have, have you felt that's like a unique part of your story being black and Catholic? Um, I, I think so. Cause you know, most people usually either they, they find it through conversion or conversion experience, or, you know, they've, there are multiple generations Catholic. I mean, it's like, I kind of lucked into this and then, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all learning together how this works. And, you know, as I came more involved, my mother became more involved and in understand things too. So like, um, um, yeah, through, through my own upbringing, uh, we have become more Catholic, at least for us too, as a family. That's beautiful. That's such a unique story to hear how y'all came into the faith. Now, I mentioned earlier, I wanted to talk about Black Catholic History Month, and I wanted to invite you because you recently made Black Catholic History. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that's a hyperbolic statement, but um, do you? <laughs> so long story short, Rudy and I recently had the opportunity to address the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops at their General Assembly about two weeks ago now, I believe it was. And I know myself as um, a Filipina American, I think I was the first Filipina to address the bishops in that way. I'm not sure. I don't know who keeps track of those things. You know, those meetings are a little tight, but um, I, I, I imagine you might have been one of the first Black Catholic lay people to address the U.S. bishops. What, what was that experience like for you? Um, so I want to say that Probably as we got closer, it was a little nerve wracking. A body tends to break down in those moments, but I had to keep it, keep it together. I had to, you know, overcome those particular moments. And I instantly felt better once it was over. But like, like once we were there, once we were in the room, uh, once I had some tea, like I, I felt, I felt ready. Like, all right, this is tight. We've got it together. We're going to get them. Like, because what we had was was pretty was pretty good. So I think in other circumstances, like maybe uh, it would have been more. What's the word I'm looking for? It would have been even more nerve wracking and and fearful. Because like, you know, what did not think of me? But I just felt uh, maybe also because of rehearsals. Like, hey, if we get one bishop, I feel like we can get the rest. Like with with what we were saying. So I was like, all right. We just go in there. We're going to say what we have to say, and then we're out. So uh, I think it went surprisingly well, like even better than I thought. Um, so I was I was very happy for that. But experience itself, you know, I and again I'm I want to say I'm pretty sure I would be the first black layperson to speak outside of staff because I'm um, um, at at something like that to address them. But again. We we'll have to check on that. Uh, definitely the the first black young adult to do it. That's for sure. Mm, right. So, <laughs> so uh, that being done, like that, that's like a, a very powerful experience, and I'm I still feel blessed to be able to be the one to to be able to do it. Um, so I am glad that 
everyone we've run into afterwards has said we've done a good job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, something I really appreciated about your address or your, you know, your portion is you, you really leaned in to like the black Catholic reality. Um, you kind of, you, you, there were no holds barred <laughs> on what you said. And I think there was something very impactful about like hearing it explained in the way that you explained it. I think there was a particular part in your address when you're talking about being disappointed, feeling disappointed that you didn't feel that your culture was represented and how, um, what were the words you, you said something like you, you don't, you never get used to it. Like it, it still, what, I, can you elaborate a little on that point? Cause, um, I think that was, that was gold and we'll make sure to drop a link in the show notes so that all of our, um, our listeners can check out the address too. Yeah. And it's experience that many, like, it's not necessarily a, a unique cultural experience to black Catholics, but you know, we've been in, you know, general Catholic spaces, whether it be conferences or other various meetings, and you'll see different kinds of worship, or generally maybe one kind, and just like, where's the gospel? Oh, you know, we couldn't find one. Or they'll put it at the very beginning or the very end, just like as a, as a token moment. But, you know, we didn't even get that this particular time. And again, you you see it happen enough to be like, all right, you know, we're, we're going in this particular space. We're probably not going to get anything in terms of like gospel music or any you know, black Catholic um, uh, spiritual things. So, you know, it is what it is, but, you know, just talking to always people, it, it is a sticking point. It is something that kind of hurts for, for a lot of people. It was like, Hey, is our, our style of worship, not, you know, as good as others is it not mm. you know able to be heard as others because you know it's it's something special to us so we, we want it to not only just be heard in you know our own black catholic churches which most um actually black catholics don't aren't able to worship in so we want to hear it in you know integrated spaces so like people can enjoy those kind of things so you know being able to see it and hear it in in a multicultural space is important. And especially at Journey Together, which, you know, part of the process was, you know, to be a multicultural, to have different representations of of different cultures and ethnicities. And so to not feel like that was done in in the right sense. I'm not saying like they did try. They did try. But it it didn't feel like it was authentic to us when we when we heard it. So uh and there are some other things that kind of kind of got us to, and I won't go into that, but like at the end of the day, you know, it was just like, man, we were really like, man, we, we, we'd expected better. We, we'd hoped for better and we didn't get that. And, and again, it's just one of those other moments that we didn't, we didn't see, uh, or you didn't hear what we expected to hear or hope to hear to, to lift us up in that same way. So, it was, yeah, it was, it was a disappointing time and we lamented and thank goodness you were there. You know, if you listen to what we said, uh, you became then the catalyst for something special to happen where we were able to sing some of those songs that we were, we were singing or were used to. And, um, and that felt good. So, but it, and at the moment, especially after 
what was supposed to be a you know black catholic sponsored mass we didn't get what we even an inkling of we expected to see so it was tough it's, it's tough yeah well something i'm thinking is as you talk about that experience i i feel like that type of hardship and that type of perhaps disappointment a lot of people might decide to walk away right like they might see that happen and not just one time because that's what you're you're naming right like this isn't a one-time exclusive experience this isn't even exclusive right to the black community in the church right like a lot of different culture groups feel this this disappointment of not feeling that your style of worship is good enough for whatever mainstream quote-unquote catholicism is or feeling like you know it's a tokenism type moment where here's your song there you go let's clap it up good for y'all right but a lot of people would choose, and I mean, I say this from personal experience because I have a lot of friends who have walked away because of those type of issues. What what makes you keep pushing forward? Because I, I think that's some, that says something, right? It's a testament to your faith, but it's also like there's something there, right? When you keep feeling disappointed and a lot of the times nothing happens, right? <laughs> like you complain and nothing happens. What keeps you in, even though you feel not represented and not heard sometimes, or a lot of the time? Well, I think that what keeps me going and many other people, it's like, if we didn't feel so strongly of the fact we need to be represented, and it was just about us, then yes, sure, we would just walk away. But we know... Uh, what kind of presence that we bring to the larger church. So it's not going to, you know, let them win, at least how we feel like them win. It's just like, hey, you know, you don't get it. It's fine. You walk away. But it won't change anything. I, I don't think that walking away means that, you know, okay, come back. We'll actually do it. It's like, no, sometimes you have to be in the mess, in the thicket to to get there. And, it, and it's nothing wrong with the faith itself. It's sometimes the people who are imperfect. So you have to be in the mess with the other people in their imperfection to help fix it. You can't be a part of fixing it if you're not together with the process. And I, you know, I think about the work that uh, I guess often that MLK did, you know, and it is very easy for him to, to kind of walk away from a, a lot of experiences. Uh, a lot of things he was doing in terms of integration, like, hey, you know, if we just have our own thing or if we do our own thing as other uh, people were kind of telling at the time, that's fine. But no, we need to be a part of, of this whole civil process because we are America, too. And I, as I feel, it's like we are Catholic, too. We are part of the church, too. So um, I won't go away. So you won't see me. I'll be in your face saying this the whole time. And you have to deal with me. I'm a persistent widow, right? Uh, That's so good. That's so good. I mean, I think, you know, just reflecting on, you know, the, the process we did with journeying together and really just living alongside of all the folks that we've had the blessing to kind of become family with throughout this process. I, I really appreciate kind of that, that sentiment of like, no, like this is our church too. Like if I, in some ways I feel like, yeah, it'd probably be easier for y'all if I just left, right? Like you said, you wouldn't mm -hmm. have to deal with me, 
but it's like, but this is my church as much as it is whoever else is. And like, right. we, we have a place within that setting. Yeah. Um, we do. And I often hope that that sentiment, that thought has come across to what we said and from the bishops, like, yeah, we, we are this and, um, and that we just have to keep pushing forward. And I, I never want to reach the point where I feel jaded with this particular process or trying to, to get people to believe that where I'm just willing to stop or just, um, unwilling to, to trust. Cause you know, I've seen that happen to other people too. So, uh, I think the best thing I could bring to it is a sense of optimism, a sense of hope, a, a sense of, of strength. Um, I think, um, yeah, that is the probably the best thing I can do because that's it's it's part of my personality in general, and um, I think that's something we need because you know, for everybody, like you said, they they can't do that. They they're not willing to to put up with it, so they walk away. So somebody has to be um, has to look on the upside and and, and try to fight through that. So yeah. sometimes I ask, why me? But I guess Sasha asks, why not me? So yeah, that's, mm. that's generally where I am. <laughs> yeah. How do you take care of yourself? Like in the midst of that type of work, I always say like justice work is exhausting, but like Catholic justicing in the Catholic space can be a special kind of exhausting. How do you take care of yourself throughout, you know, the work that you do? Well, I'm not saying I do it particularly well and it's like probably something <laughs> everyone struggles with right you know um it's good to get away on the occasional retreat or make sure you have you know days off which i'm, I'm terrible at especially these days but like there's certain times i designate that are for me like i part of the reason why i i am so i picked up soccer because one i love the sport but two it also gives me time away from i know church stuff and activities that that is me and I can have, and then I can come back and, and jump back into it where times where I'm away and I can come back and, and jump into it. Like, um, I think the, the biggest always concern is that it's burnout, it's burnout. Like whether or not is as a youth and young adult minister, which burnout happens, or as a person who does this kind of work, uh, you don't want to burn out and then you just be done with it completely. So, um, yeah, have find that time either through retreats or talking to people or time alone or playing soccer is kind of like how I generally take care of myself. And um, yeah, that's that's and I've, I'm okay with that. <laughs> like it's 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 helped <laughs> it's like, me. It's keep, like, it's, all right it's, for it's now. kept me sane. I am not saying yeah. It's not saying that you know there aren't there are ways I'm always thinking about that you know might help me even more. Uh, especially so um, I won't feel burned out, like, you know, constantly, you know, talking and communicating and, and, and being in community with people. Um, but that helps a lot, honestly, for me, me anyway. No, that's, that's beautiful. That's great. Now, a lot of people know you as the guy with the headphones. Um, 
Yes. Can you, uh, can you share a little bit? Everybody, when we were at the USCCB meeting, I felt like everybody was asking like, what's yeah. up with the headphones? And I just kept telling uh, him he's going to talk about it. You know, it was like a preview, uh, like a sneak peek. What can you share? Cause I think how you explain it has always been so beautiful to me when you talk about music. Can you share a little bit about like, what's up with the headphones, Rudy? Yes. It's a love and practical thing too. Right. So I, I mean, for the longest time i think i've i've loved music i've you know i've sang on children's choirs and you know i took a long break but then i came back to it i've sung on my church choir i sing now on sunday nights at notre dame it's a big part of my job um i love listening to music in between that you know i don't drive so i walk a lot of places so like nature is fine but you know i like my headphones on listening to you know my favorite songs or new stuff and and yeah and I love singing like you know I'll have a song for everything so it always pays to to always be listening to music and you know to have that that song or tune in your head so knowing that I'm always going places um I make sure I have my headphones on right so you know I've done earbuds and things in the past but they always get lost so I, I do the the over the head or over the ear or on the ear headphones and um, I have them on and it's very easy to keep track of them because you have to physically see them and you can touch them. So with that, it helps me you know keep them. And since I'm always everywhere listening to music, I always have them. So uh, that's why people always see me with them on. And then it comes to the point where I don't I gotta forget to take them on. Like it just feels like an accessory to me and it's just there. And uh it's become so much a part of me. Like, yeah, like people are just so used to seeing me with headphones on. Um, so when I don't have them on or I, you know, I try to take them off, people are like, Where are your headphones? I'm like they're in my bag. They're in my bag. Don't worry, they haven't gone anywhere. Or if I, I might be sad if I lost them, but yeah, they haven't gone anywhere, but they're they're around. So um yeah, they just people are just think I'm another extension of who I am. I love that. Cause you know what it is? I, I, I think when it comes to what we talked about or what you specifically address when it comes to how music fits right into black Catholic culture, black culture for a lot of people, uh, you know, this idea that, Oh, you know, there wasn't any black gospel music at the mass. They might, their immediate thought might be like it's just music right like it's just a song like what it's you can still worship with whatever music's going on like it's just music and when i see you with those headphones and really a lot of the people that we've journeyed with through this process like i've come to learn and i i believe i'm a very musical person myself but i feel like y'all took it to a whole new level of like depth what like it's not just music can, can, does that Makes sense? Does that resonate with you? Yeah. And like, you know, one of our themes for the journey together process is historical memory. So uh, I think that, you know, comes into play here. It really is memories for us of, you know, our times growing up, our times in mass, the times we, we've saying we, we recollect these things that we, we call upon these, uh, the history of, of, not only our own experiences, but experiences of our parents, our our neighbors, our our community. When we when we sing these songs, and 
you you remember that joy the the praising the clapping the the feeling togetherness of that you know it is very different than um other styles of music that you might hear um on a on a regular church sunday whether it be like the contemporary you know catholic music or the praise and worship like they they bring a different sense of spirituality for us it really is a sense of of joy in a communal sense the call and response kind of thing so um it's participatory like i i think is probably the the biggest thing not not just singing but like we're we're going back and forth and um we're doing different parts you know it almost is catholic in a way it's like it's like you know when we split it up to different parts so one bread one body can kind of thing like it all sounds good collectively and it's funny like we we practice you know whether you were alto or soprano or a tenor or bass you know you knew what your parts were for the different parts of the song and we were practicing that like in 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 the hotel uh lobby area um and then when it all came together it just it just sounds good because you know you knew um what parts you kind of fit in or what what makes sense and you know so we kind of bring that same thought process to you know our own faith and um and what we do um and just like and it's also good is that we not only share it with you know fellow black catholics but like gospel music is saying sung in you know baptist church a ame church a methodist church it's, it's sung everywhere you hear it on the radio it's like it is black culture um so it's a sharing of black culture. And then when you do it in the, in the Catholic, you know, community, like you, you bring that there too. So it's a, it's Catholic, it's black, you put it together. Um, it, it, it gives us a sense of wholeness. Like, and I, mm. I think that was also trying to give that a sense too. It's like, Hey, I am, and I am black and I am Catholic as, you know, sister Thea Bowman talked to the bishops mm. about what that means. Mm. So, um, like I think that doing that in the mass, it's it's kind of puts that black and Catholic sense together. Mm, I love that. I love that you mentioned Sister Thea Bowman because I, I feel like <laughs> as we were prepping for our our little address, everybody was channeling and uh, invoking her intercession for us. Who are some of your black Catholic superheroes, if you will, whether they're um, you know ancestors already or even current people you know that that you really love and appreciate um let's see well i always have to start because i'm in baltimore mother mary lang uh she's you know she's blessed it you know we're we're always praying for a canonization you know she and the oblate sisters have always been a big part of what we do here in, in baltimore um her starting school um for for free people of color and then you know going on to start the oblate sisters of providence and uh has always been uh something i i look up to and and appreciate um actually like learning more about sister thea bowman and what she said and i just think her smile her radiance you know what she had to say has just always been like you know she's not only authentic in what she is, but she she brings something uniquely joyful to the church. So I, I'm thankful for her. Um, I also 
always love to big big up my my big brother Ansel Augustine down in New Orleans. Mm, like, yes, um, <laughs> I would not be doing any of this stuff if it wasn't for him introducing me, uh, giving me the ropes, letting me know how things are, um, you know, giving me advice when I need it. Like, generally, he's a person I I can come to for for anything and. No, yeah, he'll, he'll definitely steer me in the right direction or, you know, provide me with uh, opportunities. So uh, I think those are probably the big, big three. Look at that. That's a good big three. Shout out to, Ans- <laughs> to Dr. Ansel. <laughs> Paving the way, right? Like, yeah. talk about a saint in the making. I don't know if that's the proper term to use, <laughs> but like, man, he's paved the way. He's really he paved is. the way. So, well, that's great. I'm wondering, you know, just to... To finish us off here, you know, for folks who are wondering, you know, how they can engage better or things they should read, people they should research um, if they're trying to look into, you know, um, Black Catholic culture, any recommendations that you have, any songs they just have to add to a playlist, uh, any books you think they should read, uh, just recommendations for folks who are trying to dig deeper into this realm. Oof. Um, I guess that's hard <laughs> for me to think just off bat. Um, gosh, you know, these things I should have in my, my memory, like Father Maurice Nutt is, I know it's a, a great um, historian on Black Catholic culture. So he has a number of books and things that he has put out that might be very important to, to look at. Again, I want to plug Ansel and his book. He just came out Ooh. about his experiences in youth ministry and um, how can we do better in terms of, you know, being inclusive in, in our ministries mm-hmm. and, you know, dealing with racism that we, we deal with the church. So his book is great. Definitely relate to some of his experiences. Um, songs, like that's even more difficult. So... I thought that'd be easy for you, Rudy. I like just one, just one song. That that's that's hard for me. Or if you um, want to put a playlist together, you let me know, and I'll make yeah. sure we drop that in the show notes for our listeners to. That's to that check I can out. do. That I All can right. do. I mean, you know, I say, but if you, like you obviously like taste and see, you know, that's it's a it's an oldie but goodie, you know. I don't know. It's just like so many songs. I just even think about like that. Have so much memories to me. I wouldn't say it's necessarily like black and Catholic, but like just songs. So like, hey, these are songs you might want to know. Like, just if you haven't been introduced to, it, like, you know, I always think about like "Ordered My Steps" used to be one of my favorite songs. Like, oh, I like that I one. Yes, yeah, like I, I just absolutely loved "Order My Steps" um, back in the day. Um, like when it comes time for, uh, we used to also do this thing in our church after the the gospel was read, we used to sing the song "Praise Him." Um, so I don't know if I want to sing it for you, but it was great. I mean, you know, uh, I'm all for it, Rudy. And it was just very simple. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Praise Him, Jesus, blessed Savior, He's worthy to be praised. 
From the rising of the sun Until the going down of the sea He's worthy, Jesus is worthy He's worthy to be praised Praise Him, praise Him Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus, blessed Savior, He's worthy to be praised. So we should always sing that after the gospel. It's just like um, part of our experiences. And um, our former church musician who kind of started that, he passed away got into a really bad car accident a few years ago. Like when I think about that song and a number of many, like center of my joy is probably another one I think about when, like when it, when it comes to like those core historical experiences of mine. Um, I'm a huge fan of Kurt Franklin. I like always, I was like, Hey, if, if you don't know any Kurt Franklin music, and go go look at some for Franklin, all right? You know, um, like you know, obviously we grew up with with Kurt Franklin, you know, yeah. especially from the the Stomp days. But you know, <laughs> um, which I I look back, I was like, what is that? What's that kind of corny? But it was definitely interesting, different style. Like I actually got to see him in person, like it's a crazy experience, right? So I, I went with James. We went to go see Kurt Franklin and at the near the end of the concert he like gets out into like the the seats like the audience and he like he has a kurt franklin not kurt a, franklin. not james okay no <laughs> no yeah, james. That's, yeah yeah no no not james right james conway everybody um <laughs> yeah no he gets out into kurt like he gets out to the audience and he like stands up on the seats and he's like going like from one side to the others like from left to right and what aisle does he get out to ours? So we had to hold Kurt Franklin up as he came from one side to the other. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Um, but just great experience just being there and hearing again, a lot of the music that grew up on, you just knew the songs. Like, you know, he could turn over to the crowd and he definitely did. And we was just singing along with him. And it was just, yeah, it was just great, just great. No, I love me some Hezekiah Walker too. Oh yes, um, I, yes. Wrote it back. I've I've made sure on you know, and I because I, I put a lot of gospel music now in in our our college mass. So like you know, every praise is is always going to be in there. You know, we've we've done a few of his other songs. So um, yeah, just like you no, know, our our music is so rich and there's so many good songs and good artists. I like even um, there's even black Catholic uh, mass settings that you might want to listen to that sound really great. Um, I can think of, you know, a few of those kind of growing up, but. Man, there's a, yeah, um, just, I'm an honorary member of St. Peter Claver parish down in new Orleans uh, okay. where father Johnny Gibson is when he yeah. sings the behold the lamb of god i mean take me to church y'all shout out to father johnny because it's like it really is a whole mm -hmm. different type of experience i mean that's literally like i go to mass but then i watch saint peter claver because you know i'm just trying to get my gospel on um right, right. <laughs> i feel like i've been adopted 
but it's something, yeah. you know, about what you're saying. Like there's a participatory spirit when it comes mm. to, to gospel music that I think, you know, the church could learn a lot. Um, church, yeah. big C, wider church, right? From the way that yeah. that you all engage in worship, um, I think yeah. is just such a beautiful thing. So I want to make one point. I think that's important since we're talking about you know, Black Catholic spirituality and social justice, that I think the reason why Black Catholic spirituality and especially gospel lends itself well to me is because when I hear it, when I feel it, it makes me want to go out and do something. Mm. Yeah. Like now I can go out there and live the way God wants me to, to, to make the change, to make those efforts, because like, I feel like I've been given the energy of the spirit to move out. It's not internal necessarily. Mm. You feel it. It gives in, it radiates externally. And so I, I feel definitely like gospel music lends itself. Like, I, it's not like I don't like other music, and then I do. Like I, I know a ton of different kinds of music, but like, hey, when I'm ready to go out and go do something, like we about to put in some work, where we're about to to make a statement, make a make some changes. Like, that's that's what I listen to. Like, or that's what I need to hear because you know it it very much lends itself to that. That's beautiful. I'm looking forward to the playlist you're going to make <laughs> so we can plug it with our listeners. Rudy, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your stories and just, you know, the person that you are with us here on the podcast and um, really with the whole world because you're doing you're doing amazing things. And I just uh, the light that you're shining is is bright. And, you know, I wish you all the best for all the endeavors that you have. I appreciate it. I am very thankful for the prayers and thank you for having me on. The Inner Community Peace and Justice Center is sponsored by 24 Catholic religious congregations. Grounded in the charisms of our sponsoring congregations and Catholic social teaching, we build community to act for systemic change in our church and world. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Any notes or references from the interview can be found on our website at ipjc.org slash justice rising. You can follow IPJC's work on Instagram at IPJC Seattle. If you like this episode, please consider donating to support our work at ipjc.org, as well as hitting the subscribe button to follow along wherever you get your podcasts.